G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joining us now because it is our Monday into Tuesday show and it's our regular time to check in with Paul Bonser from SENSA, a Sandful broadcaster and sometimes AFL broadcaster, cricket commentator extraordinaire and good friend. Uh, Bonds, thanks for joining us once again here on the Overnight Crowd. Well, I was running around last week like a chook with his head cut off. I didn't know what to do. It was you know, <laughs> it was time to speak to Jen and I couldn't speak to Jen. So, uh, but anyway, it was good to have the cricket on, on SEN and, uh, and then I was listening for that. But no, it's been um, another big week in South Australian sport and uh, I guess we'll kick it off with the AFL. Port had a very, very good win against the Sydney Swans at home. Oh, I did not think, in my tipping, this was not good for me because I tipped Sydney Swans. But I just thought Sydney Swans looked like they were still on the buy in the sense they looked slow, they didn't look engaged as they usually would as, as the Bloods culture is. And Port Adelaide yep. really showed, again, you know, take away those first few weeks that were in the doldrums. They're going to cause some headaches for teams in this back end of the season, I think. Yeah, they certainly are. I still think they might finish a game short of playing finals, but um, you know they're, they're doing everything right at the moment. And no Travis Boak, no Robbie Gray, and they kicked it, had a six-goal third quarter that uh, just put the game out of the Swans' reach. And they moved to a six and seven um, win-loss record and sitting in twelve in twelfth spot on the ladder. So they're a game out of the top eight and. Yeah, the poor fans are a little bit happier around the around town at the moment. Todd Marshall must be a name that everyone's uh, excited about still. Just uh, seemingly one of the more accurate um, set shots and someone that I know here on the overnight crowd has been getting people excited. Well, the, the, the most excited bloke of all is Ken Hinckley because he's copped a fair bit of flack for leaving Todd Marshall in the team and he, he's... You know, kept saying, Ken just kept saying, we've got to be patient with this kid. He's got some talent. It might take a little bit of time. And now that patience is paying off. He's been very good. He's probably been in their top two or three players in the last two games. He had 14 disposal, eight marks and four goals. And as you said, he's a very accurate shot for goal, good finisher, good size. And uh, yes, the, the patience is showing off. So congratulations to Ken Hinckley for for holding his nerve and also for Todd Marshall for repaying Ken's, I guess, faith in him. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Now, the Adelaide Crows, the Crosstown Rivals, uh, playing against the Gold Coast Suns, they went down in that game, which I hadn't realised, but going into it, historically, Adelaide Crows had won 14 of the 15 games against the Suns. Yes. <laughs> yes, they were uh, the bunnies, the, the Adelaide Crows bunnies. But um, the Suns are just playing some really good footy and Stewie Jew and his men up there are, are turning it on. They're finally getting things together. Uh, Anderson, Noah Anderson was great. Uh, Rao was good. Tuke Miller was good. And they, uh, look, I, I'd love them to make finals, but I reckon, uh, I just don't know if they can squeeze in. But uh, they're certainly, at the moment, one of the form teams of the competition. Aren't they what? It's like a team that I had to realise about a month ago that I needed to stop underestimating them, that they were better than I'd considered 
um, them to be, and they continue to show me why I should consider them. Now, Rory Laird and Taylor Walker, two people that seem to be absolutely crucial to the Adelaide Crows. Um, Tex, I think he's leading as the most score involvements per game this season. Yeah. And then Rory Laird um, just ranking within the top five players across things like disposals, contested possessions and tackles. Two of the most critical players in a team going around. Yeah, 42 disposals for Rory Laird uh, on the weekend. He was outstanding again. And, and Taylor Walker, uh, yeah, he's playing. He, he's just so consistent and, and also... I'm sure he's teaching Riley Thilthorpe and um, uh, and the other young forwards up there. Just, just you know, the Rose, the the uh, Darcy. Can't remember his last name at the moment. <laughs> Escapes me. But um, just trying, you know, he's he's a leader of the club. He's up forward. He's teaching the forwards how to play footy, and that's great. Now I think he'll go around again. He might even go around the year after that as well. He's playing some great footy, Taylor Walker. Well, but they, the Crows take on North Melbourne this week down in Hobart. Um, fair to say there's a bit on this game. So North have given themselves the chance of knocking off the Crows down in Tassie. And uh, if the Crows do lose, well, there'll be some murmurs around town. Don't worry about that. Won't there indeed. It's it's going to be a fascinating round, round 15, because you've got all of the top eight sides going up against each other. But then some really critical clashes in the bottom eight of, of the ladder as well in regards to think the game like this, Adelaide and North Melbourne, most people are like, oh, there's not a lot in it, but there's a huge amount in it. Yes. And then the Suns take on Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval as well. So uh, that's a massive game for both those clubs as well. Suns have seven wins, Port have six wins. So it's almost a double points game for both of those two teams. Now, one thing we did forget when we were talking about Port Adelaide, if we can go back to it, but um, young mid-season draft pick-up, Tickle, yet another curse of the mid-season draft coming in, first game, so exciting, and then injured. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's a tragedy for him, young Tickle. Uh, they've nicknamed him Tess over here, and I'll let the listeners just worry about that they can nickname. Put those two but, together, but, um, yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, he, we, I saw him, we caught him the week before, his debut in the sample, and he looked the part. He looked very comfortable, obviously very skillful. I, I think you know, he'll be back. It's, it's really unfortunate for him, but uh, hopefully he recovers quickly from the shoulder injury and, and gets back out there on the park for Port Adelaide. Absolutely. I think he's shown enough, hopefully, for them to, to stick by him. Now you just started to go into Sample. Let's continue along that train of thought. What happened in the Sample across the weekend? Well, there's only three games on the weekend. That's uh, part of the buy round, and now the buys are gone, which is great. Uh, the Eagles, uh, the back-to-back premiers, had a had a loss to Centrals at home, which was a, basically the biggest upset for the last couple of weeks. So, uh, Eagles went down. Centrals had only won two games for the year, and and they went to uh, Woodville and knocked them off. So, the back-to-back premiers need to just have a bit of a look in the mirror and uh, see. What's happening there? Their coach, Jay Cheedy, was actually not at the ground. He got uh, COVID. So first game he's missed for a while. And maybe without the coach, they couldn't get across the line. Uh, the two games that we covered on SENSA, uh, we did West Adelaide and Adelaide. And the Adelaide Crows were too strong for Westies. They kicked 10 goals to one in the second half. West Adelaide were in front at half time, and Mainly courtesy to Hamish Hartler, who was excellent in the first half. But, uh, yeah, Crow's too strong in the end. They they swapped things around a bit, put Chase Jones in the middle, 
and he played an excellent second half. Harry Schonberg was very good for the Adelaide Crows as well. So a couple of names that have played from AFL footy uh, just were, were too good for Westies in the second half. And then yesterday, a very cold day at Alberton Oval was Port Lade Norwood, the, the sample rivals. And Norwood, too strong for Port Adelaide. They won by three goals. And uh, Nick Rokar is a name that Norwood fans would know very well, but he's a, a player that is starting to dominate. And he was elite yesterday. He was very, very good and uh, would have got three McGarry votes without question. Uh, we're speaking with Paul Bonser from SEN SA, a broadcaster of the Sample across SEN. Now, speaking with some Sample, I had a question for you that I put to you via text yeah. over the weekend as well. Uh, your thoughts on the last touch rule and how Sample use it. Do you think it's something the AFL should con- should consider? Well, Brad Scott was in town and he did mention it. He was interviewed here and he, he did mention about they're looking at that rule and possibly bringing it into the AFL. What it does, Jen... It is a last possession rule. So it's not actually a last touch rule. If it comes off someone's hands and goes out of bounds, they still throw the ball in. But if it's kicked or handballed out of bounds, it's a, it's a turnover to the opposition team. Now, what it does, it eliminates the um, insufficient intent to keep the ball in. It eliminates all that. Uh, so there's no confusion. The fans know if it's kicked out of bounds, well, it's the opposition's kick. So there's some players like it, some players don't, some fans like it, some fans don't, but it has quickened up the game and it works very well. So for all the rules that are, you know, maybe get rid of the stand rule and bring in the uh, last possession okay. rule. Yeah, I, I like it as well. It's obviously played in AFLW, which is where I was most familiar yes. with it. And then I realised um, through coverage that, that, yeah, that it's been played in sample. So I was interested with the fact that you watch it all the time, yeah, what your thoughts had been as to whether it'd be relevant. So, yeah, it might might be a, a one to, to look for, for a change, as you said, maybe get rid of the stand rule. We talk a lot here on the Overnight Crowd about some of the rules people would get rid of and some that they would keep. So <laughs> I'm sure that'll get some conversation going across the text line as well tonight. Um, a couple of young, well, not young, I suppose, anymore, but Adelaide lads getting it done for, for Cricket Australia, even though Australia have gone they're 2-1 down in the – five ODI series, uh, Travis Head and Alex Carey, they're doing well. Yeah, couldn't uh, get across the line uh, last night. They lost some early wickets, but Alex Carey was very good for his 49, and I was very impressed. I watched the whole innings of Travis Head. Started slowly. I think he was only 15 off his first 30-odd first deliveries and ended up uh, better than a runner ball, 70 not out, uh, to help Australia post a pretty competitive score. But in the end... Uh, they didn't have the bowlers to do the job, and, and the Sri Lankans got across the line, so well done to them. But, uh, yeah, a bit of South Aussie pride there, as Alex Carey and Travis Head doing the job. Yeah, I can understand that. And an interesting story for Trav Head um, and uh, Kuhneman, the way they got called out of the Aussie A four-day game and had to travel up, and then next minute they're playing and, you know, look, just making every poster winner so far, the two of them. Uh, before we let you go, Bonds, um, a moment of the yeah. weekend. Well, it goes to... A uh, young man I knew nothing about until I read this story in the weekend, Stefan Nero. He's a blind cricketer for Australia, and I'm sure a lot of people would have seen this. He scored 309 off 140 balls in his very first one-day international. <laughs> so it's not a bad start to his career. Uh, 309 and um, against New Zealand, uh, which is unbelievable. But it, what makes it even more unbelievable they played two T20s before that, and he made hundreds in both of them. 
which was just, it's just crazy. So, Stefan Nero, hats off to you. Uh, 309 off 141 balls in uh, you know one of the Australia's up-and-coming blind cricketers. And um, having watched it, um, Bonds, it was a sweeping masterclass, but Nero, he doesn't just have an amazing traditional sweep, reverse sweep. He can hit him for six off a, a rolling ball along along the carpet, and he's got a cracking cover drive. Like, I was so super impressed with the skills on display. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen any of that vision, do yourself a favour and go watch that vision because it's uh, – it is unbelievable, and and Australia up there forty overs just made a uh, a paltry two for five hundred and forty two forty overs. It's a bit like the twelfth man score uh, that <laughs> that type of thing. So, um, but amazing, amazing, and uh, it's great to see you know a young cricketer and playing his first one day international three hundred and nine. I think I think I'd retire after that and just be like, well, that'll do me. No one, yeah, no, that's it. No one yeah, can yeah, get that's me. It. Uh, and well, he might take the mantle from Alex Ross as the sweepologist. Maybe we True. need to give it to him, and Rossi Rossi can hand over the uh, the reins of that nickname to I agree. Stefan Nero. Yeah, hand over the broom without a doubt to Stefan Nero, the new sweepologist. Thanks for sharing your moment of the weekend or the week, and um, for the rest of the overnight crowd, please continue to do that either by calling through on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Or the text line 0433 98 11 16, the way to share your moment of the weekend. What have you got coming this week, Bonds, that you got, you're looking forward to? Uh, we're calling on Saturday. Only uh, All sample games on Saturday this week, so only just the one game for broadcast this week. And we're doing Centrals versus North Adelaide on Saturday out at Elizabeth uh, at 2 o'clock. So you can tune into SENSA on the app and uh, hear that call with myself and Mark Ross. Brilliant. Bonds, thank you for your time as always and uh, great to chat to you. We'll chat again next week. No worries. Thanks, Jen. See you later. Talking with Paul Bonser from SENSA and uh, sharing moments of the weekend or the weeks if you want to go back a bit further. Do the same and get in touch here on the Overnight Crowd. Back with you in just a minute. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.